What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring you incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a thought leader, a sustainability expert, and the chief century thinker of the Verdes Group. Please welcome Daniel Lossi. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. I I'm love that label free. Yes. Uh, and this is going to be probably the first time I talk about sustainability. And I think it's probably something that is very important to, to talk about. But first, I want to understand what is a chief century thinker? Ah, that's a great question. It is a label free made up term that I gave myself. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Here's the origin of that. It is because in sustainability, I would give presentations all over and I know that people's attention spans are short. And so I realized that one of the most important messages around sustainability is to think long-term. Mm. And so I decided that I would be the chief century thinker. It's important to think longer than just quarterly profits or annual reports, because when we think in centuries, we make different decisions. Yeah. It actually comes from the seventh generation principle that the Iroquois nation used that said every decision we make, we should think about the impact on seven generations forward. Wow. And that's like mind trip, right? Because we can't predict 150 years in advance. And so it actually forces us to think about how do I not just make a decision that is going to impact people today, but how do I make a decision that takes care of the place and the the systems that take care of people in my community? So yeah. by taking care of our places and thinking long-term, we're going to actually create a more sustainable and regenerative world. So not only does it do that, it also, I'm a big fan of, like putting prompts around in my own life because I'm human. I'm going to, I'm going to get sidetracked. So it reminds yeah. me whenever I see my title or somebody asks me about it, I'm like, Oh yeah. Long-term thinking. Have you always been in this area in, in your career with, in dealing with sustainability? Uh, no, I mean, well, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Um, in sustainability, I kind of came on this track of I wanted to have an impact on the world. I wanted to make the world a better place. And I discovered my passion for healing the relationship between people and the planet. And the way I think about it, most of the other challenges we face as humanity are driven in from an improper relationship with the planet. War, famine, and resource shortage, um, health challenges often are related to our relationship with the earth, with the plants and the animals and the food that we grow. And so if I can work on healing that, so that's been the arc, but I didn't start Veritas Group right away. I had a circuitous pathway trying to figure out and do some more education and planning, um, actually have a background in theology and spirituality that led me oh, to wow. mindfulness and meditation. And so yeah. I have been doing sustainability work for over 15 years, which is most of my career, but it has been circuitous and I weave in a lot of the humanities and the spirituality and this intersectional place of lots of different disciplines to approach my work. I'm not an engineer. I will never pretend to be. Uh, I yeah. appreciate what engineers do, but sustainability for me is really more about how do we change the hearts and minds of folks so that you just make the, the good decisions that are good yeah. for you and good for the planet and good for the future. So I feel like that is a very big thing to take on because of people's mindset though no you talk about mindset and i think it's a very real thing and that's why i was so super interested to have you on the show 
is that I think that it's really hard for people to grasp the idea of how do they incorporate a sustainable living to get on this path of kind of saving the planet, right? And so it's hard. That's a really hard thing to do. How how are how are you attacking that little by little? No, seriously, I, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's commendable. I try to do my part, right? You know, and I create. I don't like to. I don't like the litter. If my husband throws something out the window, I get mad at him. Like, what are you doing? I'll put it in my purse. I'll throw it out later. You know, like don't like don't don't litter. <laughs> you know, like little things like that. I think make a difference. So I'm just curious, like how does Verdis Group or or Verdis Group go about doing that? Yeah, we like to work with large, complex organizations that already have a large footprint, because if we can do a little shift with one of them, it can have an outsized impact. I like to talk about institutional acupuncture. So where is the energy stuck in an organization, and how can we help release that to have a ripple system-wide impact? So for example, we work with the Minneapolis International Airport. Huge impact, right? Yeah. And they're doing a really good job within the airport industry to figure out how can they be more sustainable. And one of the things that we've done with them is we've helped set up a kind of executive sustainability council committee where high-level leaders and mid-level leaders come together on a monthly basis. And we talk about ways of thinking. We talk about specific projects that cross over departments. They're not just in one division, but they have an impact across the airport. And it helps change, uh, shift their thinking from like closed system thinking to open, from short-term to long-term, from separate to connected. And so while we can provide lists of here are the activities that you should do, or here are the list of activities that the airport should do, that's important. But what we're really doing is transformation. We're helping them think differently. So when that the last thing on that list is crossed off, they know how to start a new list because they start to think differently. And one of, an easy way for folks, whether you're an individual or an organization, is to ask yourself, is this action life-giving? Does it create more life and thriving? Or is it life-sucking? Is it uh, degrading something? Is it degenerative? That's a really simple frame to just think about. Uh, whether you're, you know, your husband's throwing a piece of litter out the window, that's degrading the planet. Right. Or if you're recycling something, that's going to help. Or if you're even reducing your consumption, that's even better than recycling because you don't even use stuff you don't need, right? Yeah. Um, and so that mindset shift is important, but it takes time. That. Yeah, it takes it takes a lot of time. And what how do what would happen if people don't start focusing on sustainability? Like it, even the individual and the corporations, if we don't all start trying to, you know, it's like changing your lifestyle, right? Like okay. If you want to be healthy, you got to do the X, Y, Z to be to be healthy. You got to completely change your lifestyle. So it's the same thing. I feel like with the sustainability, you have to ad- adapt or adopt a new way of living to be be have an impact on being sustainable for the world. I really believe that. I mean, because it's it starts with one person and it's a domino effect, and we all have to kind of work together because we all are responsible. We all live here. We don't have a planet. Where are we gonna live? We we're not gonna be around anymore. You know what I mean? There, there is no planet B, right? No, definitely not. This, if, if we think about Earth as a spaceship, we have a life support system, just like astronauts do when they go into outer space. If we unplug or pollute our life support system, we're the ones who are impacted. Yeah. So how, how do we get people to think differently? It is about caring and connecting. So some people will come in and connect with nature because they love going on vacation 
or going on walks or going to their uh, nature center in their community. And that creates a love of nature, right? And so then you want to protect it. And so you're going to start to take actions that do that. Um, some people come at it from more of a mental perspective and they think about the impact and they see the stats and the data and they're like, I want to protect the planet. So they start to take action. So you have to know what your why is. Why do you even care? And one of the things that inspires me is nature. Nature is the longest running R&D laboratory on the planet. It's more innovative than Google and Microsoft and Apple and like, <laughs> love nature, right? And so if we look at what nature does, nature creates conditions that are conducive to life. Yeah. You don't see animals soiling their nest. You don't see them over uh, destroying their food source. They live in relative balance. I mean, populations of animals ebb and flow based on drought and abundance, but they don't purposefully overharvest their environment and they don't purposefully pollute it. In fact, in nature, there is no waste. Everything yeah. that we think of as waste in nature is actually a nutrient for another organism. But wow. in, in a human, uh, in the in the human world, we have turned it into we're going to mine stuff, extract stuff from the earth, we're going to consume it. And there's waste all along the way. And that waste doesn't become a nutrient for something else. It becomes a, a pollutant. And then we're we're soiling our nest. We're polluting our water. We're polluting our air. So I don't like to be a doomsdayer because I don't think that that's very motivating. Yeah, right. And it, I'm also a realist. Like There are definitely problems in the world um, with pollution and climate change and species extinction. We're destroying so much habitat ra so rapidly that more species are going extinct than yeah. any other time between the last major extinction. Like we're causing the sixth ma mass extinction. So I don't want to dwell on that, but that's our reality. So we do have to take uh, take action. Oh, hi. It's your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. I'm here to share an exciting opportunity with you. I've recently partnered with SecureVPN.io. They specialize in protecting your online activity, such as transactions, your online searches, your privacy protection, and it protects you from any data leakage from hackers out there that have access to your information. So please click the link in bio and take advantage of the special opportunity with securevpn.io. Again, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Yeah, I actually, we went to the museum here. I mean, I'm based in Chicago. So we went to, was it the Science and Industry Museum, I think? And it had like how many species are extinct. And as we're walking through it and you pass by it, it's like, it, it just keeps going. Like the numbers while we were there, probably five species became extinct while we were there, or if not more, but like that was really bothersome to me. Like, okay, we are doing major damage to this planet. And why aren't we stopping some of this, this, you know, um, this de degrade, degrading to, to the planet and to losing these species? Because there's a reason why they're here. I know that there's more that become born, right? I know that there is, the reality is that there are more species that become born too, maybe, but not as rapidly as we're killing them. Right. Extinction rate is higher than the new species rate right. and the population recovery. Um, and, and this goes back to, I think, asking this question why. Some people might not care about the data and what's happening to the world around us. They might not love nature the way that right. some people get inspired by it. But if you care about yourself, or your children, or your nieces, or your the, the families that you care about, be selfish. Yeah. And take care of the planet, because the planet is really literally what takes care of us. I mean, if you want to get super philosophical, 
we are literally the earth walking on the earth. Yeah. You have iron in your body. Yeah. You have water in your body. You have carbon in your body. We are the elements that make up the earth and we are the earth walking on earth. So if we, to take care of other species and to take care of our planet is to take care of ourselves. Yeah. I, I love that. I, that one's kind of fun for me. No, that's beautiful. It's true. You know, I mean, I love nature. I'm, I mean, I, I, I try to do my part. Like I really don't even, I try to stay away from plastic now these days just because, you know, even though it's so convenient to grab a, a bottle of water, but it's just like my thought of the impact of the consume, like consuming the constant consumerism that, that it's, I don't even know if that's a word, but we are, su we are such a, we are such consumers here in the U S I think probably more so than almost anywhere except maybe China. And it's like, we are, we're kind of spoiled here and we don't realize Actually, that per person, we are the world's largest consumers of material. Okay. Well, they're more so than China. Yeah. Even though they have a lot, a lot more pollution, I think in the air than we do, but it's still like, I think about that impact, you know, and it's just like, holy crap, I don't want to, I don't want to have a plastic water bottle anymore. And if I do have one, I'm refilling it constantly for days. Like I'll just refill it in the refrigerator for days because it's like, I've had it. And I'm like, I'm not ready to throw this bottle away because I don't want it to go in the trash. <laughs> and, and that mindset shift that's happening for you. The thing about sustainability is that once you begin to do something, it becomes a habit and it's just the way you do it. It's the hard part is the change from if I've been doing it this way, if I'm an organization who's been operating at this level with this type of energy use and water use, I'm used to that, but to change to lower energy, lower water, more efficient processes takes effort. But once yeah. that change happens, then that's the new normal. And here, right. here's an example. So we work with a lot of zoos and aquariums, actually. We work with the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago. Oh, cool. um, right. We help them with their greenhouse gas inventory. So you have to, whether you're a person or an organization, understand where you are. Take a baseline. Yeah. If you're an individual listening to this, go and uh, do a, a, a carbon footprint calculator sure. or a eco footprint calculator and see how much you consume and what your carbon emissions are and what you can do personally to shift that. So baseline it, where are you today? At the organization level, we're measuring resource use, we're assessing uh, their utilities, their carbon emissions, their water, their waste, all of these things, baseline. And then the next step is, well, where do you want to be? If you want to be somebody who lives more in harmony with the earth, right? that vision, what does that mean? I'm going to reduce my carbon footprint by this amount, and I can do things like make my home more efficient, which actually saves you money on your utility bills yeah. too. There's, there's so many co-benefits here. Um, eating healthier often is a better environmental impact too. So you can improve your health and improve the environment. Um, here's a fun one for me personally. We're a family of five in Omaha, Nebraska, not the most walkable city in the world, but I live in the downtown midtown area. So it's more walkable than other places. We have one car okay. and wow. I, my wife gets it most of the time and I walk bike or bus to work. Oh, that's great. Uh, and I'm getting physical exercise every day I do that. And so I have better health outcomes because I'm moving my body as part of my commute. Yeah. Instead of just getting in the car and driving, right? And because we only have one car, we've had one car for like 11 years. It's just normal wow. now. And it took time because we were two cars when we went into one car. It took time to shift the mindset and think about how I plan my weeks and get around and what trips I have the car for and which ones I do bus, bike, or walk. Um, but now it's just normal. I don't even think about yeah. the fact that you only have one car. Yeah. I mean, it, that, it, I mean, that's just a, a simple, like, you know, you gotta just plan things out. That's not a big deal. Now, do you guys have like a gas car or an electric car? Ours is hybrid. 
Uh, they already bought it uh, 12 years ago. Hybrid was the most realistic thing at the time. There weren't electric options. And so another sustainability mindset is make things last. Yeah. And so we're going to wear this car to the ground because there's so much energy and materials that go into the manufacturing of something. If I can keep repairing it and keep it going for a while, it's better for the environment. It's also better for my pocketbook. The, the car talk guys from NPR, they always have the great show and make yeah. a lot of jokes about used versus new. And they say it's always cheaper to repair a used car than it is to go and buy a new car. Yeah. Um, it still fe it feels weird sometimes because you're like, oh my gosh, this repair is expensive. But you look at the, the price of new cars. So from an organization level, no, you are identify where you want to go. And and that's the visioning process and when people actions to get there. And then how do you get there in between? It's the roadmap of these are the steps to be better with water. These are the steps to be better with waste. These are the steps to be better with uh, energy and emissions. And one of the things I nerd out about is most business as usual is what we would call degenerative. It's harmful. There's some externalities if you're an economist. There's some pollution. Sustainability is do no harm. It's like in the middle here. Yeah. What I'm actually pushing for is let's get to net positive. Let's do more good. Yeah. yeah and that's sure. what nature does. I mean, nature inspired me. You look at ecosystems, take a forest, and yeah. you have every organism giving back more than it takes. The tree's absorbing water and minerals from the soil, but it drops its leaves and replenishes the soil. It creates homes for squirrels and birds who come in and guess what? They poop. And that's yeah. not waste. That's a nutrient. Right. And so it's like a self-fulfilling um, positive feedback loop in a mature ecosystem. So how do we do that in, in our human society? I know it's possible. Oh, absolutely. It's possible. It, it just has to take, you know, I, I think education really. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I, we're educating people right now on the possibilities of them to do their part to get on that positive side. You know, and so like try not to use plastic, try to like have one car. I mean, I think that'd be a, very difficult for a lot of people to wrap their minds around, you know, especially if they're living in excess. Right. If mm -hmm. people there's a lot of people out there that are very blessed and they live in excess. And so for them, they don't think about the sustainability part. If so, there's very few of them because they are so used to living a certain lifestyle. So, you know, I think it's important to talk about this a little bit more because, you know, people think about it, they just go living in their lives like just doing whatever they do because it's comfortable for them until like you said that mind that mindset shift takes effort it takes like you have to be like very present in what you're doing in your everyday living that's affecting the planet absolutely and one of the things that's the biggest barrier like the strategies are out there people the the technology honestly exists today to live in a sustainable way it's really the change of thinking and the behavior. And what yeah. stops a lot of people is a feeling of being overwhelmed. There's so much to do. I can't do it all. Or they're afraid. Yeah. They're afraid of messing up. And so something that helps me all the time, this comes from the meditation and mindfulness world that I, I teach meditation on Zoom every Thursday morning at 6.30 a.m. Central. If anybody wants to join in, let me wow, know. I love it. Um, but the mindfulness piece is knowing that... When you focus on something, like your breath, you will get distracted. It's a given. So when you do, notice it and return and do it with compassion. Don't beat yourself up. So if you have a spark of wanting to live a healthier life or a better life that's more in tune with the planet, or you're a business that wants to do that, 
let that spark be your inspiration and create a vision and yeah. be okay with the facts that you're going to get thrown off. You're going to try things and it's not going to work. You're going to be doing really well for a few days or a few weeks or a few months, and then something's going to throw you off. Be compassionate with yourself. Yeah. And know that the, the key is to notice when you're thrown off and then return. And that's what like a sustainability or climate action plan does. It sets mm -hmm. that North star. And when yeah. we veer off course, we come back to it. I mean, it's no different than uh, people of old times navigating the ocean. They yeah. literally had the North star to navigate and they would veer off course. No boat ever yeah. goes perfectly straight. They kind of weave back and forth. But every right. time you notice you're going the wrong direction, you return to your course, you course correct. Right. And a lot of times humans are so black and white, uh, they're afraid of change because they think they have to do it all, all at once or they're not good. Yeah. So I say, go try stuff Yeah. and notice when you get thrown off and when it doesn't work and just return yeah. and keep coming back, fall down seven times, get up eight. Amen to that. That was beautiful. I have one more question that we're going to start wrapping things up. I think there's a lot, been a lot of, you know, maybe questions or I've, I've heard some conversations around like recycling. You know, we don't really typically, we don't recycle. We're just putting it on a barge and shipping it somewhere. I I would let, first of all, do we truly recycle? Is it, do, are we recycling our goods? And secondly, if someone is doing their part, recycling whatever they can in the household, what kind of impact does that have on the planet by them just doing that one basic thing? That's a loaded question. You're good at this. Uh, <laughs> so is our stuff getting recycled? I am going to say generally yes, but not always. Okay. Uh, it depends on your community. It depends on the market factors. It depends on a lot of things. Okay. The more attention that people pay to it, the better yeah. it's going to get. So if you are disheartened and think that your stuff isn't getting recycled, keep recycling, please. Because if you stop, then everybody's going to be like, well, we don't even need to recycle. Yeah. So, okay. Yes, it is having an impact. How big of an impact? I mean, this is this reminds me of the little boy walking along the shore with the starfish, right? There's okay. a bunch of starfish washed up and he's picking them up and he's throwing them in. And some adult, some cranky old adult comes along like, why are you even bothering? You can't save them all. Mm. doesn't matter. And the little boy just looks up and says, picks up a starfish and says, it matters to this one. And yeah. throws it back. Oh, I right. Like so yeah. it does matter because that piece of plastic or that piece of metal, if you didn't put it in recycling, is going to go sit in a landfill out of the material stream. And again, I, my North Star is nature. How does nature do it? Nature doesn't just put junk somewhere never to be used again. Yeah. It creates circles, cycles, closed loop economy. So when right. you put recycling back, a material back into recycling, it's going to be reprocessed and reused. Now, I'm going to change the question on you because I'm also good at answering questions like this. Okay. okay. Even better than recycling, it's called reduce, reuse, and recycle in that order on purpose. Yeah. So if you think that recycling isn't having as big of an impact as you would like, something that you could do that has an even bigger impact is ask yourself, do I really need this thing that I think I'm going to get? Yeah. And if you do, go get it. But if you don't really need it, if it's more of an impulse buy or what, whatever is driving you to buy it and you don't really need it, try to do without for a day or a week yeah. and see if you really have that urge to, to get that thing. And then reuse is another beautiful thing. When you are buying something, buy it for durability. Will this last long enough that I can pass it on to my kids? Will it last one day 
or will it last multiple years or generations? Yeah. And so we have a lot of um, influence and power in our choices at the front end. So will it last? Can I repair it? And you might pay a little bit more up front for something that's more durable. You likely will. Sure. But you're actually going to save money over the long term because you're not buying a replacement every month or six years or whatever. Yeah. So reduce, reuse, and then recycle. Yes, it does matter. I've been, people asked me years ago when this movement was really just getting started around climate action, like, you're just a drop in the bucket. Why are you doing this? And I've been doing this long enough that I can tell you, Deanna, even if I am a drop in the bucket, that bucket is filling up because I see yeah. lots of people putting drops in and I've been putting drops in for years. Things are changing and it is beautiful and inspiring. Yes. On that note, Daniel, where can people find you, connect with you and perhaps take your meditation class? Yeah. So uh, we have a website, verdisgroup.com. That's V-E-R-D-I-S group.com. And if you do backslash let's connect, which will also be in the show notes, you can schedule a 30 minute uh, exploratory call with me. Happy to chat with you. So uh, veritasgroup.com slash let's connect. Um, we are on LinkedIn under Veritas Group. We're on Instagram. Um, if you want to connect with meditation, shoot me an email. My email's on the website too, because that, that link isn't public, but it is open to anybody who wants to practice. And uh, yeah, check out veritasgroup.com. We've got a lot of case studies about the work we're doing okay. uh, with clients, zoos, aquariums, hospitals, financial institutions, airports. Wow. Uh, universities, higher education. We get to work with a lot of fun groups. And then since you asked for a plug, I'll plug one more thing because it's an interesting part of my story. My wife, I do sustainability work with organizations. My wife is an herbalist and she accidentally started a tea company because the plants made her do it. <laughs> I love and that. So she's, she's doing her role in healing the planet by creating demand for polyculture, multiple different crops, not monoculture, and make and helping people connect with nature through tea. Drink your plants. Wow. And she's Artemis Tea and Botanical, um, if you yeah. want to look her up, artemisteas.com. For sure. I love tea. I think it's great. Well, like Daniel said, you guys, those links will be in the show notes. So don't hesitate to go reach out to him if you're interested in learning more or wanting to do some meditation with him and uh, do your part in um embracing sustainability. I had to think about how I was going to word that for a minute, but Daniel, thank you so much for the work that you do. This is a fantastic educational conversation that I hope will definitely impact people that listen to it and will do their part to reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. And rethink because the rethink is filling up. It is filling up and you're a part of it. That's Thank right. you, Brianna, for your part in telling the story and sharing inspiration with your listeners. Oh, you are welcome. That was very nice. Thank you. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.